Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. A CBS News exclusive. The shocking new claims tonight against the governor of New York from his former executive assistant as she sits down for her first television interview accusing Andrew Cuomo of sexual harassment. In a powerful interview tonight, Charlotte Bennett tells CBS News Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed her calling him a textbook abuser. Governor Cuomo said that he has never propositioned anybody. Do you believe that he was propositioning you? Yes. For what? Sex. Her serious allegations and why she doesn't accept the governor's apology. On high alert, heavily armed National Guard protect the nation's capital. Why Capitol Police want to extend the deployment of troops. Plus, what the rioter known as the QAnon shaman is telling 60 Minutes Plus about former President Trump. It wounded me so deeply and why it disappointed me so greatly that I and others did not get a pardon. Two million doses a day. A new record for vaccinations, as we're learning when children may be able to get a vaccine. Plus, what's holding up those stimulus checks? Shocking arrest. A Dallas officer taken into custody, charged with two murders. The new details tonight. The royal tell-all. In her interview with Oprah Winfrey, the Duchess of Sussex takes aim, accusing Buckingham Palace of lying about her. SpaceX explosion. A rocket explodes as engineers were celebrating a test. And the sisters, kept apart by the coronavirus, brought back together by the vaccine. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening, and thank you for joining us. There are a lot of headlines as we come on the air, including new fallout tonight over states loosening coronavirus restrictions. And we're going to get to that in just a moment. But we're going to begin with breaking news, because for the first time tonight, one of the women accusing New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is speaking out to CBS News on camera, detailing what she says was clear sexual harassment by the powerful Democrat and head of the National Governors Association. Cuomo's former executive assistant, Charlotte Bennett, says the governor asked her intimate and inappropriate questions about her personal life, all she says in an attempt to sleep with her. The governor, who became an international celebrity for his handling of the early days of the pandemic in New York, is now facing allegations that his administration covered up COVID deaths at nursing homes, along with allegations from three women that he sexually harassed them. On Wednesday, Cuomo publicly apologized, saying he was sorry if he acted in a way that made anyone feel uncomfortable. But as you'll hear tonight, Charlotte Bennett says that apology did not go far enough, calling him a textbook abuser. Governor Cuomo said that he has never propositioned anybody. Do you believe that he was propositioning you? Yes. For what? Sex. In the spring of 2020, New York was the epicenter of the COVID crisis. The pandemic was obviously stressful for all of us, and he was on TV nearly every day talking about it. Make that gown look good. So you think all this national attention may have emboldened him? Absolutely. I think he felt like he was untouchable in a lot of ways. Bennett says their professional relationship took a turn on May 15th, when she alleges the governor started asking her about her love life and then became fixated repeating over and over again her history as a sexual assault survivor. So he goes, you were raped. You were raped. You were raped and abused and assaulted. Another key encounter happened on June 5th, when Bennett says she was called into Cuomo's office to take dictation, and he told her to turn off the tape recorder. And then he explains at that point that he is looking for a girlfriend. He's lonely. He's tired. You've just finished dictation, and the governor is telling you he's lonely and looking for a relationship. Yes. He asked if I had trouble enjoying being with someone because of my trauma. This is, seems highly inappropriate. Yeah. The governor asked me if I was sensitive to intimacy. In his office? Yes. During the workday. You have been quoted as saying that he also asked you about if you'd ever been with an older man. Yeah. He asked me if age difference mattered. He also explained that he was fine with anyone over 22. And how old are you? 25. What were you thinking as he's asking you these questions. I thought, he's trying to sleep with me. The governor's trying to sleep with me. And I'm deeply uncomfortable, and I have to get out of this room as soon as possible. And to be clear, what made you think that he was trying to sleep with you? Without explicitly saying it, he implied to me that I was old enough for him and he was lonely. Text messages sent by Bennett to a friend and reviewed by CBS News memorialize her encounter with Cuomo immediately afterwards. 
Bennett tells her friend the governor, quote, talked about age differences in relationships. The friend who verified the messages asks, wait, what? Did he do something? Bennett responds, no, but it was like the most explicit it could be. How did you respond to those questions? I responded honestly. And when I was even thinking of coming forward, I think that was where I held the most shame. And that, like, I really was uncomfortable. Why did you feel shame? I feel like people put the onus on the woman to shut that conversation down. And by answering, I was somehow engaging in that or enabling it, when in fact I was just terrified. People will watch this and say, why didn't you get up and leave? It didn't feel like I had a choice. He's your boss. He's my boss. He's everyone's boss. Governor Cuomo said in a statement that what he said may have, quote, been misinterpreted. Did you misinterpret him? No. I understood him loud and clear. It just didn't go the way he planned. I never knew at the time I was making anyone feel uncomfortable. Did you watch Governor Cuomo's apology? I did. It's not an apology. It's not an issue of my feelings. It's an issue of his actions. The fact is that he was sexually harassing me, and he has not apologized for sexually harassing me. And he can't even use my name. And we reached out to Governor Cuomo's office to respond to Charlotte Bennett's claims. They directed us to the governor's apology yesterday and asked people to wait for results of the state attorney general's investigation. And there's more news from our interview with Charlotte. That'll be tomorrow on CBS This Morning. And there'll be more news right here tomorrow on the CBS Evening News. Tonight, Capitol Hill remains on extremely high alert because of threats of a possible attack on Congress by militia groups. And Capitol Police are asking that National Guard troops stay on well past the end of their deployment next week. CBS's Jeff Pegues reports tonight from Capitol Hill. Tonight, the heavily armed troops now deployed to protect the U.S. Capitol are being asked to stand guard for two more months. CBS News has learned Capitol Police are so concerned about ongoing terror threats, the department wants the National Guard to stay through at least May. Over 5,000 troops make up the current force. The new request would keep up to 2,000 troops on duty. Many Hill staffers stayed home, and the House slimmed its schedule, though House Speaker Nancy Pelosi denied that it was due to the threat. I don't think anybody should take any encouragement that because some troublemakers might show up uh, that we changed our whole schedule. Investigators have been trying to get ahead of the threat, arresting those who could potentially act out. On Tuesday, white supremacist neo-Nazi Paul Miller was taken into custody on a weapons charge in South Florida. In a video posted on Telegram last October, he allegedly confronted a woman holding a Black Lives Matter sign near a Trump rally. Only white lives matter. Only white, yeah, I am. Hail Hitler. More than 300 of the people who stormed the Capitol on January 6th have been arrested and charged, including Jacob Chansley, who calls himself the QAnon shaman. Let's all say a prayer in this sacred space. He spoke to 60 Minutes Plus correspondent Lori Siegel. But Jake, legally, you were not allowed to be in what you're calling the sacred chamber. And that is and that is the one very serious regret that I have was believing that when we were waved in by police officers, that it was acceptable. 
Security here tonight at the Capitol remains tight and the investigation into the insurrection continues. And we learned today that the FBI is looking into communications between rioters and members to, of Congress to see if there was any inside help. Nora. A significant development. Jeff Pegues, thank you. And tonight, a new milestone in the fight against the coronavirus. The U.S. is now averaging 2 million vaccinations a day. That's more than 54 million Americans that have had at least one shot and nearly 28 million that are fully vaccinated. But there is growing concern of yet another surge as more states lift restrictions. CBS's Mark Strassman reports tonight from Alabama. Folks, we're not there yet, but goodness knows we're getting closer. Governor Kay Ivey's playing it safe, extending Alabama's mask mandate another five weeks. Contrast that with Texas and Mississippi. Republican governors there announced this week they're lifting mask mandates, reversals President Biden called Neanderthal thinking. Alabama's masking extension encouraged staff at this mass vaccination clinic near Birmingham. It really signals to everybody that we are not out of the woods yet. But five miles away at Archie's Barbecue, General Manager Michael Manikitis had hoped the mask mandate would go away. 90% of my customer base um, is against it. I would say they, they feel like they shouldn't have to wear it. Masking rollbacks in Texas and Mississippi means 16 states will no longer have mask requirements by next week. Governor Greg Abbott says he made the right call for Texas. We no longer need government running your lives. Instead, everybody must continue to assume their own individual responsibility. Nationwide, demand for the COVID vaccine still dwarfs supply. These aerials show the line for shots today in Maryland. Federal officials say in the last week, more than 2 million shots were given every day. California's earmarking 40% of its doses for vulnerable communities. And the governor is asking everyone in the state to wear two masks. We are encouraging people basically to double down on mask wearing, particularly in light of all of what I would argue is bad information coming from at least four states in this country. Back in Alabama, the state's largest mass vaccination site is run by the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Staff administer 1,500 shots five days a week. They could do more if only there were more vaccine. One COVID worry among many. This virus is very crafty, um, and we may see variants that can escape what the vaccine is trying to do. But there's encouraging news tonight about vaccinating children. Pfizer and Moderna have both begun clinical trials on kids 12 and older. And Nora, the CEO of Johnson & Johnson, says he expects to have a vaccine for kids ready by September, the start of the new school year. Wow, that is big news. Mark Strassman, thank you. Well, tonight, the Senate is beginning what could be a marathon debate on the president's $1.9 trillion COVID relief plan. Democrats expect to get it passed, but Republicans are not making it easy. CBS's Nicole Killian is following the debate at the Capitol. Good evening, Nicole. Hey, good evening, Nora. The Senate is still at work tonight, even as the Capitol remains on high alert. Vice President Kamala Harris cast the tie-breaking vote to advance the COVID relief package because it had no Republican support. GOP senators are hoping to stall passage by demanding that the entire 628 bill 
be read aloud first, a gimmick which could take up to 10 hours. At the core of the bill, $1,400 stimulus checks for most individuals making under $80,000 a year and $160,000 for couples, plus unemployment benefits at $400 a week through the end of August. They're due to expire later this month, which is why Democrats hope to pass this bill by the weekend. Nora? Nicole Killian, thank you. Well, tonight, the arrest of a Dallas police officer on murder charges is sending shockwaves through the law enforcement community. Fellow officers took Brian Reiser into custody today for two murders in 2017, unrelated to his police work. A man came forward and confessed to kidnapping and murdering two people at Reiser's direction. Well, he is now on administrative leave and the FBI is on the case. And tonight, the split between the royal family and the Duke and Duchess of Sussex seems wider than the ocean that separates them. In Oprah Winfrey's exclusive interview, Prince Harry's wife, Meghan, accuses the palace of spreading lies about them. CBS's Elizabeth Palmer reports tonight from London. There is no... It's pretty clear Britain's royal family isn't going to like Sunday's interview with Oprah. How do you feel about the palace hearing you speak your truth today? I don't know how they could expect that after all of this time, we would still just be silent if there is an active role that the firm is playing in perpetuating falsehoods about us. The firm is a nickname for the royal family, and their gloves are off. You could probably only describe that relationship now between the two sides as all-out war. On Tuesday, the Times of London reported allegations that after Meghan Markle married Prince Harry, she bullied household staff and forced two aides to quit. The palace, instead of ignoring the story as if it were gossip, gave it extra weight. We're clearly very concerned, it said in a statement, adding its HR team would investigate. Harry and Meghan call the bullying allegations a smear campaign. It certainly marks another low in their relationship with the British media. We all know what the British press can be like. And it was destroying my mental health. I was really? like, this is toxic. Yeah. So I did what any husband and what any father would do. is like, I need to get my family out of here. When Meghan and Harry moved to the United States, they tried to leave a little window open so that they could return here to the royal fold if things didn't work out. But it now seems after Sunday's interview with Oprah, there will be no going back. Nora? Elizabeth Palmer, thank you. And Oprah with Meghan and Harry, a primetime special, airs Sunday night at 8, 7 central, right here on CBS. In spaceflight, there's a thin line between success and failure. Last night, SpaceX technicians were celebrating a perfect test of a new deep space rocket after it landed safely back on the launch pad. But a few minutes later, the rocket blew up, showering the pad with flaming debris. No one was hurt. A fuel leak is suspected of causing it, but SpaceX has not commented. All right, tonight, the U.S. and Canadian Coast Guards are celebrating what officials call one of the craziest and challenging rescues in years. In a dangerous 12-hour operation, they managed to airlift more than 30 crew members from a ship that had an engine fire and was sinking fast off Nova Scotia. The rescue was hampered by 30-foot waves and gusts near 60 miles per hour. Our parent company, Viacom CBS, is in the news tonight. CEO Bob Backish and the company's leaders rang the NASDAQ closing bell to mark the launch today of Paramount Plus, the company's brand new streaming service. Starting tonight, you can watch the CBS Evening News on Paramount Plus anytime.
Four sisters from New Jersey who were separated by the coronavirus have now been reunited by the COVID vaccine. The Langley sisters, between 84 and 96 years old, received their second COVID shot this week. They hadn't been together in a year, but they completed their vaccinations at the same time while paying tribute to a sister who died and would have turned 90 next month. There's also another sister, and between all six, get this, they have more than 100 grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and great great-grandchildren. How about that? Now that the sisters are vaccinated, they are planning to get together again very soon. That's Jersey Strong. Tomorrow, Steve Hartman's on the road with a couple whose love blossomed during the pandemic at 94 years old. And if you can't watch us live, set your DVR so you can watch us later. And a reminder, tomorrow, join us for more news from our exclusive interview with Charlotte Bennett. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free on the 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts.